there's a real Space Jam happening, and Granny is having martinis at halftime. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello, I'm Jonathan, your host, and today with me is acclaimed voiceover artist and the voice of Granny in the new Space Jam, A New Legacy, Candy Milo. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jonathan. I'm happy to be here. This is very fun. Hi, Miss Milo. I'm so proud to have you, and I'm so thrilled to be talking with you. I love the fact that Granny is actually playing basketball in this one. I don't know if you know this, but she was relegated to the sidelines with Witch Hazel in the last Space Jam, and she's hitting the courts with the tunes. How excited are you for people to see this movie? I am very excited for people to see this movie. I had um, heard through the grapevine, um, I recorded all of this uh, during COVID, which was really fascinating. I recorded my voice um, from home because studios were shuttered and um, that includes the large studios as well. And our fabulous director, Malcolm D. Lee, just said that uh, LeBron is loved Granny, loved the idea of her playing ball and loved it. So I'm very excited. And I am the only female tune um, besides Zendaya. So I'm very excited. That's so cool. Very excited. That's such an honor. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I think the film is great. And I think people need to go out and see it live um, if it's feasible for them and comfortable for them, um, because the it's the audience that is going to make all the jokes. The audience will do it, you know, that you just need that crowd experience. Absolutely. I think the fervor is there. I feel it in the air anytime yeah. I go out or online, whenever I'm seeing new merchandise drop and it's being sold out immediately. I, I think there's a lot of fans waiting for this movie and maybe they've been waiting the full 25 years i don't know but i know i have <laughs> yeah yeah it is actually um my daughter's favorite movie and she was five when it came out um yeah four or five and she absolutely loved it and i have to tell you it's got the greatest soundtrack um the animation the warner animation group did an amazing job um this film is beautiful i think lebron is a fine actor um you know i i believe that he is just like an oprah winfrey i think his talents are multifaceted and that he just keeps that through line going but his story is wonderful and he is wonderful wonderful in the movie that's so exciting. it's really a pleasure yeah, and the Goon Squad is beautiful and mean, and um, Don Cheadle is amazing and super funny. Um, so I think it's really great. Excellent. I think it's going to be a great film, a really great film. I saw it for a cast and crew screening, and really what was missing, you could hear people laughing. Um, but you have to remember, a lot of the crew that I saw it with drew it. 
So they were there watching for different reasons. They were not there to see a finished product. They were looking for touch up, you know, anything that was wrong that needed to be done. But there were, you know, maybe a dozen of us uh, that were either cast or crew that had not seen it. And you could hear us laughing. And I, when I left, I had said um, to my manager who had come with me, this, this needs to be seen with people, Yes, you know? And so I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that we have a big blockbuster opening next weekend. Well, listeners, get ready to go to the theater again because Space Jam is going to be hitting theaters on July 16th. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Granny. Yay! Um, She has such an intricate backstory and legacy within the Looney Tunes. And I believe you joined the Looney Tune squad. Well, first you joined Tiny Tunes. I did. That was your first introduction into the world of the Looney Land. Yes. Um, could you talk a little bit about Sweetie Pie? Ah, was the greatest. It was my first audition um, for animation. My first ever. Um, I'd always been kind of a cartoon character myself, you know, always imitating. And um, I'm a singer. And that's where I started using my voice. But I'd always imitated people and 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 done voices since since I was a little kid and I auditioned for Sweetie and without my knowing Steven Spielberg was there and I auditioned out of my agent's booth who had not who had not signed me yet they wanted to see how I would do and I went to the callback no pressure right yeah right and <laughs> I didn't really want to do it because I didn't understand what cartoons were I actually said to my agent um, that it's where actors go to die and oh. that I didn't want to be a part of it. And I thought, oh God, how weird. Thank God nobody listened to me. Um, then I met Steven Spielberg at the end who said to me, you should be doing this. He said, we have seen so many people. You are a natural at this. You took direction, blah, blah, blah. I was so honored. Um, and when I get nervous, of course, I say things like, do people tell you you look like Steven Spielberg? <laughs> and he just looked at me and very drolly said, yes, every day they told me I look like me. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> um, and that was an amazing experience because we still had, when we were recording Tiny Tunes, we still had Mel for a little bit. Um, and I got to work um, with Jonathan Price um, we he read the Raven. Um, Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven, and Sweetie Pie got to scream out, "Nevermore, nevermore!" That's um, great, and it was hilarious. And he was <laughs> wonderful. And I did work with June Foray, um, and I worked with the new cast of characters that were coming up, and Frank Welker and Rob Paulson and Tress McNeil um, and Charlie Adler. Um, it was you know, such a nutty cast of people themselves. Yeah. Um, that it was just a lot of a lot of fun. Um and I learned a great deal um from that experience and cut to staying around long enough um and working with June Foray on a couple of other things. I'm very good friends with um the writer and creator of Garfield. Oh and she was at um Mark Evanier and and she came on several times and I got to work with her again and she was, you know, 99 or something by then. Um, and she was just a, a spitfire and 
What I think is important for your listeners to know is that never was June Foray ever credited on Looney Tunes. Only Mel Blanc got credit because he had a better age. <laughs> and that's really the truth. Um, and she was never credited. So when this came about, I really wanted to honor the woman that came before me who worked so hard and did such a great job as Witch Hazel, as everything, Cindy Lou Who, and any, you know, and all the women before her who came along who were only credited on Jay Ward cartoons, but never for lunatics right. cartoons. Um, and never, but that's changed. So I feel a quite an honor being going to be the first credited um in this feature, which is kind of neat. And I really tried to do um her justice. I, as all cartoons go, you want to honor her and do an homage, but your instrument, your voice, your instrument limits you to doing a full on impression. I'm not an impressionist, so I'm not doing an impression of June Foray. I am getting as close to the original voice um, as possible. And then adding in basketball, you know, <laughs> and adding in a game and adding in the matrix and adding in and modern technology. Exactly. And so yeah. you, um, they just dropped the last, um, uh, trailer and you can see that it's an homage to the matrix and, you know, you, you have to bring it up because if you do that sweet little old lady during the game, it just, it didn't ring true. And trust me, we did all of that. We, the director, Malcolm D. Lee was there the whole time. This performance is, you know, as much his as it is mine. And we as a team with production and Aunt Warner Animation Group, we all um, thought together on, on vocal, you know, choices. Sure. And we, we settled on what I did. And then I matched what I did every time I did a record. I match that sound. And if you, I do it also, I do Granny also in the new Looney Tunes on HBO Max. And which is wonderful, she, by the way. Isn't it? It's so great. Am I right? I think people forget that these are five minute shorts, you know, that nobody wanted. And um, Warner Brothers picked them up and Sam Regal and uh, who's now back at Cartoon Network. And, you know, there's, there's, there's some major talent, major, major talent um, for Looney Tune cartoons. Um, you know, again, the ones that are airing on HBO Max. I mean, the creative team is our absolute genius because they did, Jonathan, what, what I just talked about. And that is we do an homage mm -hmm. and we try to keep it as 1940s as we possibly can, all our gangsters sound like 1940s, but Bugs has a cell phone, right? you know? So there is, um, what we tried to do was bring it into the 20th century using the round drawings of your Tex Avery's and all of that and using the vocal characteristics. That's when I think I am closest to June Foray's actual voice um, is, is on those. And I play Witch Hazel on that and, a lot of what uh, any of the characters that she did, I'm kind of in the pocket for her voice match now. And I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. Um, and I still audition. So everybody who's out there auditioning has the same chance um, that I do. 
I just think that the guys that Pete and um, Alex and everybody that run Looney Tunes cartoons um, have a pact with the late everybody, late, late <laughs> Mel, late June, late Warner Brothers team, sure. Warner Animation Group, that we're going to do 1940s cartoons in 2021. And so I think that they have really, um, I think they've done an amazing job. Oh, and, yeah. Right? They've knocked it out of the park. They really have. That's uh, Pete Browngard you're referring to and Alex Kirkman. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, they the storyboard artists over there are phenomenal. The comedic timing is great. And you lend your voice to some of the most cherished characters that the Looney Tunes have in their repertoire and it comes through as true. It, it doesn't ring false, which is so hard to do. And no. as you're saying, you're, the crew is adding onto what came before. It's not subtracting or it's not changing. We're not doing it for a money grab. Like they, right. there is so much respect given to the earlier renditions and that goes all the way to uh, Jim Soper, who came along and did all of the character redesigns and took from Bob Clampett's and just elevated it and brought it into the 20th century, as you're saying. And yeah. it's wonderful. And then we have the ability to colorize like nobody's business. And we have honing equipment available to us today so that, you know, we're able through we can draw something great in very 2021 and then we're able to 1940ize it through all the stuff available. We can make it look like that. And they just took the time to do that. And Johnny Wright, I mean, the writing is unbelievable. Jack Fletcher is voice director, the voice direction. Um, when you, when your voice director and Pete and Alex and everybody and Johnny, when they trust you enough that you've done homework, that you've watched that you've listened to the clips and you are in the zone. I will tell you that the scripts perform themselves. You literally just have to show up and talk and read out loud. The scripts are amazing. The drawing is amazing. And I don't know because I'm, I'm not privy to that. I don't know who from that team came over to Space Jam 2, but I think that Space Jam 2 is Looney Tunes um, to the 100 millionth power. Um, you go <laughs> wow. from 2D to 3D to live action. The, the special effects are overwhelming. Um, it is just really, uh, you know, I have, to, I have to pinch myself sometimes. It's really... I bet. Golly, it's such a, and, and I'm not even being, I'm not that girl. I'm not that kind of a person, but I am flabbergasted and open mouth. And I'm so honored. Um, my, my daughter and I were able to go to the park. They did a rap party and I was able to, um, go into magic mountain, the park at night and, uh, got to meet LeBron and just his young kid smile meeting all the cartoon characters um, was kind of life affirming, you know, did everyone do a voice when they met I, him? I will say that um, I don't know what Eric did because I wasn't near Eric Bauza when he met him. But um, when I met him, he's so dazzling and his energy is so, star studded. It's very hard to explain. I met Oprah Winfrey once and it is the same energy. It's that same 
they're lit from within and there is this light and brightness and otherworldliness about them. But he was like, oh, you don't look like a granny. And then he started (laughs) to smile. And I was like, you were probably the most adorable little kid I have ever met. And he loves cartoons. And he because he does, he has treated the tunes as if we are a major part of the cast. We are invited to everything. We are. It's really great. It's really it's really great. So, um, and that's so nice to hear. Yeah, well. he's just lovely. And I had said to my daughter, "Should I do a voice?" And she was like, "You should not." He's already <laughs> smiling. And I was just gonna like, because I wanted to look at him and go, "Haters gonna hate." But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but I wanted to. I'm sure you would have got a kick out of it either way. Yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah, and he's pretty. I'm so phenomenal. glad. I'm so glad that he's you know, the one bringing the tunes back. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for him being who he is with, you know, his clout and, you know, following, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But we would having we'd be having a different conversation about yeah, Granny. Like that like they did twenty five years ago, you know, when yes. the Goon Squad became tunes, you know, white guys came on board and did all their voices as those mm-hmm. kind of devilly kind of weird the monsters yeah the monsters and this time is different this time it's i'm not (laughs) going to say anything this time it's different and um one of the things that i will say about lebron and his company and his brand and his identity is that he is always giving he is always inclusive i believe that he feels as i do a win for me is a win for all of us because i will bring all of you up and i just really he's pretty amazing. And I, I just think that that's something that um, uh, very few people do. A lot of people think of talent as pie. If you have talent, therefore I have none. And it isn't. It is mm. just not that. We are all very separate beings. And I find um, that I like to work with actors that like to work with the best. I don't like to work with actors who are hoping everybody's worse than they are. Um, right. So that they feel like they're a better actor. I, I don't know. And I just, I've had a great time. Now, granted, um, I am only seeing the Warner Animation Group team, which is spectacular. And that's Troy Nethercott um, and Spike. And I'm trying to think of my Zoom screen and Katie <laughs> Bashir's and or Katrina Bashir's. Um, who's the production manager for Warner Animation Group. Um, and then I've been working with some wonderful people in PR and and then, you know, going to events where I see Warner Brothers pictures and Warner Brothers events. That's a whole different thing than Warner Animation Group. You know, it's like suddenly the door that I've been behind, like, like like the voiceover COVID for 30 years is now open right. and I'm blinking <laughs> into the sunlight for the first time. But it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I hope in 20 years a- when they do uh, Space Jam 3, that I will be like old and senile by then that somebody will remember to invite me to a party. Oh, I, I don't know how they would lose that invitation in the mail. Um, it has to arrive. And I hope that it's not another 25 years that we have to wait for another one of these movies. <laughs> oh, let's just hope. I um I think that 
I think it's beautiful. And I think it's a great movie and it's a great story. And for cartoon people who love cartoons, you, you just, it's unbelievable. But also for the live action part, that story is really beautiful. And I won't, I Excellent. won't go into it. I don't want to give it away. But no spoilers. I, yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> I don't want Warner Brothers to kill me. But I wouldn't do it anyway because I was really surprised. When I recorded, I only got my scenes. And I yes. didn't even get full scenes. I got the scenes with my lines on them. And then on the Zoom call, my director, Malcolm Lee, gave me context and told mm. me what was going on. And we did hundreds of takes of each line so they could cut them together the way they wanted to. Because I'm not hearing Taz and I'm not hearing Bugs. I'm sure. not, I mean, Malcolm is doing the best he can, but he hasn't made decisions on those lines. He doesn't know how Eric Bauza says the Marvin the Martian. He hasn't made the, as we say in voiceover, he hasn't made the selects yet. He right. hasn't selected his takes yet. So it was a great so process. Yeah, but it was very blind. It was the whole thing was blind. And when I saw the movie, I was like, well, this did you took all the good ones. I remember <laughs> seeing that line and made that to the take. And it fit in everything fits. Um, perfectly. And I just think it's a beautiful thing that it came together over COVID. Absolutely. I'm so glad something great came out of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been looking forward to this movie and we only have a couple of, I want to say two weeks left yeah. before everyone gets to see it. So, you know, it, buy your tickets now. I know tickets are on sale. Um, but with you, I would like to take a trip back through animation history ah! and talk a little bit about Granny Great. and the start of this wonderful old lady who's caring, kind, and a bit mischievous when it comes to catching Sylvester in the wrong and going after her beloved Tweety Bird. Yes. So if we go back to the history, Granny started out as the grandmother from a Tex Avery cartoon that was a rendition of the fairy tale Little Red Riding Hood. Oh. And instead of the wolf just eating Granny and then taking her clothes, this Granny was a little bit more combative and gave the wolf a run for his money. <laughs> hello? Hello? Oh, yes. Will you keep a pardon me just a minute? Uh, let me see now. One dozen eggs. It's the grocer, folks. A pound of butter. One head of lettuce. I love the fact that Looney Tunes has this legacy of doing these renditions of fairy tales because we all know the lore. We all know those stories. Mm -hmm. But when Looney Tunes does it, it's like, let me change perspective and let me show you something you didn't think happened. And it's so entertaining. And Tex Avery was the master. Of master. That. So that is the very, very first granny an old older wiser woman mm -hmm. that we had within looney tunes and that stayed pretty consistent with the uh the next short that a a caretaker for a canary was in which is called the cagey canary this is a bob mckenzie short and it was another early version of the character this character was voiced by elvia allman mm -hmm. i think i'm saying that right 
And she was a radio personality and who uh, was in contract with Warner Brothers. So she just came in, lent her voice. And then I guess she continued to do like background characters and stuff like that. But nothing really stuck or stuck rather with the uh, formation of a granny like character until uh, Fritz Freeling got a hold of the granny character type and brought in B. Benaderet. And this is where we have a solidified granny, as we all know her. And she was the giggling little mischievous one who loved her pets. She loved Sylvester. She loved Tweety. And they were her pets. And sometimes they got into quarrels. And, you know, there's a cat and a bird and the cat gets hungry. So what is he going to do? He's going to go after the bird. But who's there to stop him? It's always Granny. You did! You did! You did! Knowing that history, did did it ever uh, go into your mind before June a little bit mm-hmm. um, that there was other renditions that you could look at for your voice, or was it always June that was the guiding voice? No, and I just couldn't think of her name. There's also one other woman um, besides B that did a lot that was also friends with. Riz Freeling that did Miss Prissy, um, which Ooh. was the duck. Oh, well, that kind of a thing. <laughs> I want to get married, Papa. And that, and I'm trying to think of who it was, and I don't remember. But I went back through all of the, and you have to remember, you know, we don't have VHS anymore. So I'm going back on YouTube as far as I can. And um, what I found was that I was closer to B's voice naturally, but closer to June's texture because June had that little bit, oh, Tweety Bird, it was more like in there. She really put on an old voice where uh, B was just more, oh, Tweety, it was higher and it's harder for me to do. Um, And I did... I did know that. And I also believe that the only um, credit was Mel. There was no. Yes, it was. It's known who did it, but it's not. And I'm friends with the, the Freeling family, the, his daughters. um, And I, um, or I'm friendly with them. I'm not friends with them. I'm friendly with them. And I know them. Um, And I, I think that that was animators calling actors that they knew not voice mm. actors because the women weren't voice actors it didn't happen back then women were right. not voice acting mel was and a bunch of his friends and then over to the jay ward cartoons jay ward's friends and then you had more women because you had perils of penelope pitstop and all of uh, dudley do right and all of that kind of thing and then that led into the jetsons and the flintstones and the da 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 da, da. but um uh, it there were no female male voice actors so i got what i got through youtube and i got as close to the ones that made me laugh the hardest 
So for me, I think that I'm probably closer to June's delivery um, because she was funnier, yes. I think, than B. But my voice is closer to B's. I think you have that a really great gauge for choosing the voice and, and bringing your own styling to Thank it. You. Um, because I think the most important thing is to follow your feelings. And when you say right. that your your connection to the character was what made you laugh, I think that is pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. I think you're you're right on the money. And whenever you went through the two voices, the, the differences, you can hear them. And right. you are able to pinpoint the differences. It, it's just, you're phenomenal. Well, thank you. <laughs> and when we did, I, I, I will just say, because it was one of the last things we did when we did the Matrix scene that you can see in the trailer. Yes. So I'm not giving anything away. The official um, clip was released uh, this week and it stars Granny. And Speedy yes. Gonzalez within the world uh, of the Matrix. Can't a lady check her Twitter? It's so well done. And I um and uh, Gabriel Iglesias is um Speedy Gonzalez. It's hilarious. And he calls me Abuela, which is hilarious. Agreed, so, agreed. Uh, it's just it's so good. Um and I will I will say that that was the last thing we recorded. Okay. Um, that's the last thing that we did. Um, and I was not matching picture. So I had no idea and was very surprised when I saw it and laughed. But I remember, as I was saying, can't a girl check her Twitter, that I was suddenly too low. And even, but Malcolm caught it really quickly and was like, do we have any... Of a recorded reference because we did we did so many takes that they when they took their selects they're not going to tell me which ones are selects um, right. they are talking about amongst themselves and then they they mute themselves when they discuss our work so I didn't know and I got to listen and I would say that um, just naturally to be more forceful. She couldn't be as sweet as B mm. Benedict, but I sound more like B with June's delivery. And June was very sassy as she was in real life. Um, <laughs> so sassy, smoker, drinker, smoker, drinker, swearer, which makes me really happy. Kind of like me without the without the smoking. And I, I just, I, I, I'm telling you that I never wanted to stray from anything that Tex or Frizz did. Like their, their takes were like, you know, you, you had your animation director doing all of the takes. They didn't have a voice director. Mel right. did his thing and they were all probably hammered in the middle of the day laughing <laughs> and then they'd take what they needed. You know what I mean? You had an engineer right. saying no good for sound, good for sound, peaked, you know, um, so I think that that's, that's what it was. And it was really very deliberate for me because in this world, there are so many women that could have done what I did. Yeah. There really are. I'd love to say, oh, you know, I was perfect for it because I'm brilliant. Actually, I am the luckiest person that they stuck with me, but I'm hoping that it's because I really did the work. I'd have ideas, something that Malcolm likes to do and pretty sure I need him to marry me. Um, 
<laughs> one of the things that he does that I love is he'd go, now you play. What do you think? And it gives me a minute to, to live either past that line or live before it and then say the line. And they just kept the mic open. It was just a lot of, a lot of fun. So, um, so I'm hoping that the, it collaborative. was, it was like, yeah. it was, it was great. And I will tell you, I believe all the other tunes feel the same way. Once they, once they chose you, they, they shone their full light upon you. Everybody who was creative because they wanted you to work. They wanted this to work out. They didn't want to replace anybody. They were behind you a million percent. And if you played with them and went above and beyond, they absolutely loved it because we were all working together on a very expensive, very expensive film, very expensive film. And we want kids to like it. We want adults to like it. We don't, we, none of us have egos saying, wait, wait till you see how I do this line. It was like, what do you think is going to bring the biggest laugh? Who's the hero in this scene? Usually Bugs. If not <laughs> Bugs, usually um, LeBron. If not LeBron, usually Lola. Okay. And so if they're the heroes, you have to think, how do I as a supporting character support them? Sure. By being funny, yeah. And if they think it supports that, then they use it. Um, and if they don't, then it goes into ad lib heaven somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure they, I'm sure they've kept it all, but it was, um, quite the, quite the experience during these last 16 months. I bet. Quite the experience. Yeah. I think that I auditioned, I did the scratch for it in January of 2020. Oh, wow. And so we were still, um, not in lockdown. Right. That not was right in before. lockdown. And I went on to the lot. There was a little bit of talk. Nobody knew what was going on. It was crazy. Blah, blah, blah. And then um, I, my agent called me and we're all watching the news like, am I going to be the one that dies? Oh, my God, this is insane. And she said, what's your studio like? And I said, well, I went out and got, I built a studio. I did. I built out this closet myself wow. on, a, on a ladder um, and I bought a equipment and a gator arm and a Neumann mic and an Apogee duet and a brand new M chip computer. I mean, I, you went all out. I did because it's, it's not a hobby for me. This is my career. Yes. 31 years. This is what, Congratulations. 32 years. Thank you, my friend. This is what I do. And when she said, this is, this is your, um, this is the deal they want to make with you. And I thought, you have to be kidding me. Yes. And I recorded every single recording session from a tiny closet. And I'm a tiny girl. I'm five foot two. If I put my elbows out, I almost touch both sides. And if I put my arms out, I do touch both sides front to back. So mm. it is a tiny closet with no air. Um, and really bad overhead lighting. I'm in one of those I, right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking and I was like, my door has a red velvet curtain over it because why not make it even hotter? Yes. Um, but I did every single session from my house. And um, I believe had I not, I might not be the voice of granny. Wow. Well, congratulations. They need. Yes, thank you. And I hope... Um, 
I do hope people will go out and see it because as we said at the beginning, it has to be a shared experience. Yes. So you either need to have 20 people over to your house or, and watch it, watch it on HBO max or go to the theater. But um, I'm going to go to the theater to see it. I've been invited to the premiere on the 12th. So pretty excited about that. That is so exciting. I cannot wait to see this movie. I have a bit of yeah. granny trivia for you. Please. Do you know Granny's name? I do not. Okay. So What's her name? The the other section of history that I wanted to touch upon were two shorts that explain a little bit of Granny in the way that we could become a little bit closer to her. One is a classic short with Yosemite Sam trying to court Granny and get her money where Bugs is on the sidelines and he's like, I'm not going to let that happen. So then he tries to court Granny oh, I remember and eventually this. dresses up as Granny. It's hilarious. It's called Hair Trimmed. And it's a Frizz Freeling short that I absolutely adore. And it is one of the rare instances where Granny is not with Tweety or Sylvester. Emma. <laughs> oh, you're cute. <laughs> Yahoo! Oh my. In it, we have Yosemite Sam call her Emma. And so if we go by that, we're going to stick with Emma as her first name. And then in the 1960s, we had a short uh, while June Foray was voicing her that had Daffy and Porky as police officers who are trying to chase a criminal who is dressing as an elderly woman. Well, Granny gets mistaken for this criminal and is arrested. And at the end of the short, the cop is telling her that he's so sorry for the mistake and mentions the name Webster, Mrs. Webster. So putting those two together, her name would be Emma Webster. Don't worry, Mrs. Webster. I'll take care of this one. And thanks a lot. We've been looking for him. There's two more who should be spanked, too. How funny. <laughs> How funny. So I just thought that that would be a, that a fun little so thing funny. to know about this wonderful little character. I love that her name is Emma Webster. That's, that's hilarious. Take that with you. <laughs> I will take that with me. I wish I could get that put on a purse and carry it on the red carpet on next Monday. Oh my um, gosh, that would be so be adorable. Funny? It's Emma oh Webster. <laughs> Thank you for giving me uh, those little nuggets of information of future projects. I yeah. am absolutely in love with the idea of Tiny Tunes coming back and them being in college is such a really fun idea. Um, so I kudos to you. Yeah. <laughs> for, thank you. I, and you know, as you, as I said early on, you know, we still audition, you know, yeah. I, I auditioned and it was not, it's not a given. It's not ever a given because there is, there is so much capital, um, financial and, and um and heart and soul and art capital that goes into these that they can't afford to have the wrong person in the role it just is warner brother con- warner brothers continuing to do what they do best and that is animation they are yes. the masters at it i'm sorry they are they are the masters at it and when you see the richness of color in space jam then the detail, then the switch over, and then the switch back. 
it's it's just it's phenomenal and I hope people really like it and I believe that this is the work of the head of the studio uh merging these two factions together to and to keep everything uniform to keep mm. everything sounding as it did in everyone's childhood yes everyone's childhood so to me that's that's really huge um many many years ago I took over for um Chris Cavanaugh um, who is a really good friend of mine, we shared the same on-camera agent and I took over the role of Dexter yes, um, from, when she got ill and then and then she quit. Um, from Dexter's laboratory. Yeah, and I remember the big thing that I warned. I mean, they had some new writers on there that said, you know, as long as we're funny, it won't matter. And I said, kids will know. That's what Warner Brothers got out of the way. We'll just make it funny and none of the characters need to sound like it. I'm sorry. We all sound like the originals. Jeff Bergman, Eric Bauza, me, Bob Bergen, uh, Jim Cummings. We sound like the 1940s original. Updated a little bit because we're saying very modern things. Um, right. But, you know, listen, Gabriel Iglesias sounds like Speedy Gonzalez. He sounds, does. He sounds just it's like Steve I mean, even in that little thing, um, uh, I won't. I won't give anything else away. Although um, I think it's been in because I did read it in an article. Um, but I think they pulled uh, the 1940s sound effects for Roadrunner. Nice. I mean, you have to. <laughs> I mean, that is just like, come on now, come on now. They pulled. So the sound effects are right from the cartoon. It's Perfect. brilliant. It's it's this this team at Warner Animation is just um, like uh, Katrina Bashir's. My 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 heart, my hat is off. My heart is open. They did a hell of a job on this, and I um, I think it's wonderful. And the game is spectacular and stupid and <laughs> fabulous. It's so stupid. If they're gonna go out. They gotta go out, Looney. Looney and. <laughs> It's like so good. I think somebody wrote and I commented on it and I'm sure they ripped me a new one, but I won't read the comments to my comments where they were like, um, why do I think that somebody wrote in the um, trailer? Why do I think um, we're seeing anything that's worth seeing in the trailers? And I wrote, I'm in it and I assure you, you're not. And then there were like 20 comments after that. And all I just commented back was like the emojis with granny, the basketball and the martini. And I was like, oh, trust me, these are just, trust me, these are just trailers. Trust me. You haven't, they, they have very little of the real story, the um, live action story. There's a whole other story going on. There's that sass you're talking about from June Foray that you also have and inherited. <laughs> like I, I just, I, you know, you're, you're, you're pitch perfect on your vocals, and you. I think that you have the right sensibility for this character, which makes me super excited for everything you do Thank with you. Granny. And you mentioned Witch Hazel, and yes. that hasn't that hasn't been uh, official yet. So you're giving me an exclusive there. Well, um, I did her in the. Um... I did her in the Looney Tunes cartoons and they had somebody else when the animation and the writing was with somebody else, because this is the second incarnation of, of 
Looney Tunes to go on HBO Max. The older ones, I forget what it was called. Um, and they had somebody else doing Witch Hazel. Um, and I think it was when they let the casting director, uh, the voice director cast. And so oh, okay. he was bringing in people that he liked and they got rid of all of that. And what they're trying to do is get the, like the, like Mel, June did multiple voices. So if, if they're buying that I'm granny, I'm June's granny, then I'm going to do all the voices that, that she does. That's perfect. And, it makes and sense I, to me. I do audition. However, the audition goes out. Uh, it really does. And I just came wow. back um, because Witch Hazel is very nuanced. It is not that much different than the voice of Granny. Go listen to it. It's not that much different. All she does is get grittier and sassier, but it doesn't <laughs> really change. And so to find, to stay on, if you think like a singer, you find your note and you kind of stay on your note in your key. It, it's really great. But there, um, I also am Miss Prissy in the Looney Tune cartoons. And they're speaking when you started to talk, Jonathan, about the um, marriage one. There's also a marriage proposal for Miss Prissy. And oh, I wow. think that Foghorn Leghorn does this. It's one of the episodes of the um, Looney Tunes things. It's the funniest thing I think I've <laughs> ever done in my life was that Amazing. voice. And so I think that we have to trust that Warner Brothers understands the legacy and Warner yes. Brothers is entrusting it to producers and directors who understand the legacy. And then those people hire us who not only entrust the legacy, but like me, that was the only thing I had to watch besides the Three Stooges growing up was only Looney Tunes. There wasn't a lot of cartoons on. When That's I right. was little, I, when I got older, yes, Jay Ward, when I was eight or nine, but when I was very little, A, I had a black and white TV, mm. just to tell you how old I am, but we had a black and white TV. I grew up very poor. Um, and, uh, you know, so we watched black and white Looney Tunes, black and white cartoons. And I, I grew up on this and I understand this. And if my dad were alive, he'd be 105. I have much older brothers and sisters. And he was a stand-up in the 50s. So I get oh. I get the delivery. I, I get the world. I understand it. And I'm just hoping that people will like it and like what I do and understand that I come from respect for the project, for the cost, for the heart and the soul that went into it. And I'm not trying to make my own stamp. I have other things in the, <laughs> in the fire where I'm doing my own original voices. And that's enough for me. I don't, I don't really need to, um, you know, I don't really need to do that. So I hope people like it. And I hope people come out, come out to the theater, come on out. Even if you have to wear a mask, come out. Well, I can tell that you're genuine about the characters yes. and, and about the Thank work. You. And I love that. And a second season of Looney Tunes cartoons drops July 8th. So if you're listening to this and it's after July 8th, go on HBO Max and there's some new cartoons for you to watch. And they I'm might include Granny and Witch Hazel. <laughs> Candy Milo, thank you so much for joining me today. I obviously 
and can't, I can't wait for Space Jam. I can't wait to hear yeah. more of these voices uh, that you're doing. And also, Looney, uh, Tiny Toons Luniversity is definitely on my radar. It doesn't have a release Good. date, but I will be watching as soon as it drops. So I think it's going to be wonderful. I, You and I follow each other on social media, so I can't yes, wait um, until you um, see it. Tell me what you think of Space Jam 2, and I hope that your listeners also follow you on Instagram. This means podcast. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. Let them know what you think. Um, just know that n- nobody is doing this um, in the hopes of upsetting you. Just to keep that in mind, we're doing this to hopefully make you laugh um, and make you relive your childhood. And if you're a Space Jam kid like Jonathan is, hopefully you're reliving your childhood. (laughs) Thank you so much for that shout out. Do you want to shout out your social media? I am. uh, um, My Instagram is the Candy Milo and Candy is with an I. Milo is just like it sounds like in Milo and Otis. And I am Candy Milo on um, Twitter. But I am regularly, as Jonathan can attest to, on Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. I'd love to have you follow. I'm also a good follow back girl. So if you do follow, that would be really great. And um, please let us know what you think of the film. See it as many times as you want. I know that I'm going to get to see it again on Monday night, but I'm going to get to see it in a theater full of fans. So I can't wait. Hopefully I'm able to bring my phone in and I can take the crowd, hopefully screaming at Xbox Center. Oh, amazing. Yes. And after you see the movie, listeners uh, comment with your favorite scenes and uh, your favorite character moments. They'll all be granny scenes. They'll all be granny scenes. scenes. (laughs) Thank you. Let's just say that they won't, but they'll all be granny scenes, but they won't. But they'll all be granny scenes. Amazing. Well, thank you, Candy. And I hope hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Jonathan. That was super fun. And to our listeners, remember, that's not all, folks. <laughs> Classic. Welcome to the space camp. I'm going old school on his butt. Whoa. Welcome to the space jam.